I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Monday, April 8, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So the question of the day is, what do we have going on? Has anything changed? What is the deal with the market? Nothing has really changed. The market is headed toward a destination. I understand it sounds like a broken record. The market is rather boring for the last several days as we continue to play creep, creep, creep on the market. So what do we do? We let the market do what it's going to do. It's headed toward a destination. I believe it is the S&P 500 that is the one headed toward a specific number. I think the other markets are somewhat being pulled along for the ride. That's more of an opinion than a fact, of course. However, it's the way I'm viewing it. I'm focused in the S&P. It's headed to a destination. Once it gets to the destination, doesn't mean it's going to just reverse track, turn around, and drop like a stone. That's not necessarily how it works. It can work like that. It doesn't have to work like that. Remember, the market's job is to trick, trap, fool, and frustrate as many people, as many traders, as many investors as possible, as much of the time as possible. So we have to expect the market to make it difficult for those traders that would be interested in a short trade. Now, what does a short trade look like? It doesn't necessarily mean the weekly options. I get a lot of questions. I get a lot of emails that pertain to the weekly options. The only thing that I'll caution traders on is to be careful with the weekly options. If they go against you, and they go against you rather quickly, it's very hard to recover unless the market makes a big move. When I talk about a turn coming in this market, I'm talking about from a longer-term perspective. I'm expecting several weeks, really several months, of either sideways to downward or just downward to sideways activity. So we have to see what the market hands us, but none of that is happening None of that is going to happen until the market reaches final destination and then lets us know that it's been there, it recognized it, it had its final destination, now it's got another plan. Until and unless that happens, the market continues to grind its way higher. It's a creeping market. How do we know that there are no sellers out there? That's a good question. I get that question. Well, how do you know the market's just not going to drop out of bed. I mean, the market was down this morning and then all of a sudden we recovered. And here's the answer. Look at the average daily volume. The average daily volume is doing two things. Number one is it's dropping. So it's about 75 million shares. If you look down at the bottom of the screen, the black area is the average daily volume. So we're below the average daily volume. The fact that the average daily volume has been dropping tells you that the market rising on light volume, not that that's a problem. A lot of traders believe that that means the market's going to fall. That's not what it means. The market actually has an easier time rising on light volume because there's a lack of sellers out there. 
if there are no sellers and there are traditionally buyers because of traditional money flows, money going into 401ks each and every month, pension plans, reinvestment plans, the list goes on and on and on. There's more automatic investment plans than there are automatic withdrawal plans. So unless a wave of sellers show up, and they generally show up for a reason, we usually find out the reason after the fact, but the point is, when a wave of sellers shows up, that's a different story. When the volume picks up, and we have a down day on 150 million shares, that's a different story altogether. We had one of those. Everybody wanted to call it a reversal right here. It was 122 million shares. Looked like a reversal. Could have been a reversal. In fact, the market just turned around, marched its way higher. We were somewhat expecting the market to at least test the breakdown candle high. What did we do? We gapped over that point when we got there and we kept going to the point we are today. Now, we're coming to another important area, a big fat round number of 2,900 in the S&P. At this point, it would be common, normal, garden variety market behavior to actually get to and punch through the big fat round number of 2,900. Now, what if they come up short and turn around? If they do, is it a trick, trap, fool, and frustrate? It could be, but it's unlikely that happens. We came up one tick short today, meaning one quarter of one point short in the S&P futures. So we went to 2899.75. Here is the futures contract. We are in the June contract. The high today was 2899.75. So they're going to likely punch through in the electronic globex slash overnight session, likely punch through the big fat round number of 2900. Now, is that where they're going to stop? They can. Could they go higher? Remember, there is a gap and we're back to the SPY. There's a gap at 291.72. So somewhere in between 290 and 291.72, maybe even slightly higher, is my expectation for where this market is headed in its final destination. Could it go higher? Could we make new highs? We can make new highs. I don't necessarily expect new highs, but I'm prepared for new highs. Just keep this in mind. If the market's going to put in a turn, and it's going to trade downward for a period of time. Before that happens, or during the process of that taking place, they never make it easy. It's hard to kill a bull. That phrase was invented long before me. There's also another phrase that was invented long before me, which is, never short a dull market. This is a dull market. This morning, Inside the Numbers members were privy to the information that the fact that they couldn't come down and fill the gap left open from last week came up short. That's bullish behavior. That's an indication that the market likely will levitate because, again, we're back to the lack of sellers out there. If there aren't any sellers, what's the other side of that? Sideways to higher. That's what happens in these creeping markets, we talk about a Friday float. I mentioned the Friday float to Inside the Numbers members Friday morning. We get a Friday float. The market floats around after the morning rush hour activity. And more often than not, the market floats higher on a Friday. I like to call it the Friday float. 
Where did we close Friday? On the highs. Here's an hourly chart. What happened this morning? It was the traditional early morning shakeout. They tried to shake out the Johnny-come-latelys. They never even filled the gap, turned around, and began trading sideways slash higher on no volume in the market. And that's what happens. Now, you get a spark. You get a wave of sellers come into the market on heavy volume, and everything changes in an instant. But we haven't seen that. So we don't look at the market based on what might happen if... We just take the market for what it is. It's in an uptrend. It's headed toward a destination. It hasn't got there yet. It's grinding. It's creeping higher. What's the biggest boogeyman of traders is patience. A day like today was a good example where you might have found a trade or two this morning, but after the morning rush, the market really quieted down and it was forcing trades if you were trying to find opportunities in the afternoon session. There may have been a trade or two. Obviously, I can't see everything that's going on. However, the point is when the market is floating around like it was today, like it is Friday for the majority of the day, it's difficult to find trades. Patience ends up getting the best of us. It is the boogeyman. We end up forcing a trade. And what happens when we force a trade? You can finish the sentence. Let's check in at Camp IWM. What's going on? Is it telling us anything relevant or pertinent? couple of interesting things going on. The IWM had relative weakness all day long against the spider. I think that's important. Where we are on the chart is also important. We're hovering right above that 200 period moving average, but we have yet to really get to and test these previous highs right up here. So it's interesting that the IWM remains in a different position than the SPY. If you just compare the two and you look at position to position on the chart, you see that they're in entirely different positions on the daily chart. Yes, the IWM is in an uptrend. We are above all the moving averages, but it's not anywhere near the same position as the spider. My take on this, and this is really an opinion more than anything else. So when I have an opinion, I'm going to tell you it's an opinion rather than some facts or at least what I believe to be information supported by facts on a chart. So this is an opinion, and my opinion is that the IWM is essentially being dragged along while the SPY or the S&P 500 finds its final destination. That's my take on the situation. Now, if the SPY or the S&P 500 breaks out to new highs and continues going, we're going to find the same thing going on in the IWM. We may not break out to all-time new highs, but we'll certainly break out over and above these highs right around 159, 160. My take is that it's suspect based on the fact that the IWM is not leading a rally to the upside. Last week, a couple of different occasions, we talked about things like institutional participation. Is there institutional participation on the buy side on the way up? Well, certainly institutions are buying, but there's no institutional conviction, heavy volume type buying to tell you that a new leg of a trend is beginning. That may happen if we bust out to new highs, but that's not in the position where we are today. These are things that I consider puzzle pieces. I put them on the table. They're relevant to me. The IWM fits into that camp. 
the IWM not leading the market has to be suspect until and unless it does. That's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. Just running down some symbols, figured I would bring up the VIX. There's no real interest for me in the VIX here. I'm not going to make too much out of a 3% day in the VIX while the market was basically flat. I'm not interested to read into that too much just yet. We're below all the moving averages. That tells me that the pressure would be to the downside on the VIX until and unless we saw some kind of change in character on this chart. Right now, I don't see it. The trend is lower. I'm not making anything significant out of the VIX being up 36 cents today. So why did I bring it up? Because somebody else is going to bring it up. So I figured I would answer the question of, should we read into the VIX being up today when the S&P 500 was up today? And that was your answer. The transports, another creepy or creeping market. Common sense would let us know that we're headed to fill the gap. 10,850 spot 44. It is what it is. Whether they punch through by a lot or a little, we'll find out. But at this point, it's common, normal, garden variety market behavior to go fill the gap. And realize this, the transports can actually come all the way down to even below the 200 period moving average and still stay in a position to fill the gap. So when you see something like that, and I'm not saying anybody was running out to buy the transports, but just a chart situation like this, it's not an area that you can buy assuming they're going to fill the gap because there's too much risk to the downside. You need to take trades closer to risk. That's the whole let's lose small and fast if we have to lose at all conversation. By the way, we're back on the chart of the SPY and I realized I was remiss. I really only covered half the story. Let me cover the other half. We need to discuss the downside bogey. What is the area that raises the antennas that may hand the ball to the Bears and see if they can run with it for a while? So we need to cover the downside bogey. And here's what it is. We're back to 287. So we've busted above 287. That's the beginning of what we were calling the red or the hot zone. So if we go down and fill the gap that was missed by pennies today and stay down there, begin closing hourly and then daily below 287, that would certainly be a cause for concern. So that's your bogey on the downside. However, realize what we're discussing here. That doesn't turn the market bearish. That turns the short-term picture bearish, hands the ball to the bears, which can then take the market down farther if they win the short-term battle. It doesn't turn the daily chart bearish. Realize what I'm discussing here. It goes from short-term to longer to longer to longer. You have to look at the market in chunks or bits or bytes or fractals as they're called. Technically speaking, the market could have a big decline all the way into the 20 period moving average and still stay in a bullish position as long as we remain above all those moving averages each and every day, closing day after day after day that keeps the market in an uptrend. So understand what we're talking about. We're talking about starting from a very, very short-term perspective when we discuss handing the ball to the Bears. That doesn't mean they're going to take it down 150 S&P points the following day. That's not what that means. A little later on, when volatility expands and we get some 
trading ranges that are bigger than, you know, 10 or 15 S&P handles in a given day, things will change. We'll then once again be discussing big swings in both directions. There's a time for those discussions, and then there's a time for other discussions. Right now, the market is headed north to a destination. Let's focus on the here and now. How about the unicorns out in Silicon Valley, the triple Qs? Where are they headed? Well, it seems like common sense that they'd be headed toward this gap up here. Happens to be right around 186, we'll call it. We're not that far away. They can certainly spike through it. There's absolutely nothing wrong with this chart. It continues in a very, very locked-in uptrend. Take it for what it is until that changes. Remember... The trend is your friend until it's not. What's the other side of that? The farther away we get from home base, the more likely we are to not go higher until the market has a chance to come back toward home base or at least let home base come up toward price. What's home base? The 20-period moving average. The 20-period moving average is the red trend line. By the way, a little late today, however, I want to thank everybody who participates and makes comments and posts underneath the video each and every night. I love the interaction, and you know I especially love the banter back and forth. In addition, only if it's worthy, hit the thumbs up button on the video, and please feel free to share the video with anybody you think can benefit from this information. Heading back to the other coast, down in the financial district, What do we have here? We have something that looks similar to the IWM. It's not making new recent highs. Has to be cause for concern. Can it break out? Yes. Without the financial participation on the upside, it's unlikely that we're going to see a big tremendous rally across global markets. If the financials break out, that's going to free markets up to have another leg to the upside. However, if there's a cap, If there's overhead resistance in the financial space, in the XLF, and we begin headed down the other direction, it will be very hard for the other components to rally without the financials. They can for a while, but they really won't get very far. On the positive side, they did close above the 200-period moving average. They closed on it on Friday. They closed above it today. That's a positive, but there still is a lot of overhead resistance up here. Let's say they did push higher. Where would they go from here? Where's the next major area of resistance for the financials or the XLF? Well, it would be right up here in this area, right about 2740, 2730, 2750. Up in that neighborhood, another area of overhead resistance. And then you have another one yet up here. So the financials have a lot of work cut out for them if this market is in its entirety going to continue higher. How about the SMH, which is a proxy for the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index? Again, very strong uptrend, looks very similar to the Qs. So therefore, there's nothing wrong with this market. The only issue is we're getting extended. We're getting far away from home base. The market's going to have to come back to home base. But look how much space there is in between home base and where price is today. Home base is about 107 We're almost at 113. So the market has a lot of space in between and can banter back and forth while it lets home base creep up to price or lets price come down to home base. 
if something else is developing and we begin trading below at least the first or the 20 period moving average, the first one on the board, then things begin to change. But right now, the market's in an uptrend. That is what it is. And we just let it go until it puts in some kind of signal or sign of a trend change. Those are things that are found in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. The question is, where would that price be? 114.55 is the all-time high for this exchange-traded fund. So we're not that far away. It'll be interesting to see how the SMH reacts or acts if it gets up to that area based on what the market is doing, what the S&P 500 is doing, and where it is at the time if that occurs. These are things to watch out for. They're puzzle pieces. They're all on the table. We have some divergences out here. They're all puzzle pieces. They're all on the table. And sometimes the hardest thing to do is exercise patience. The boogeyman. The patience boogeyman. How about crude oil? 64.50 is the number that we were discussing. The high today happens to be 64.48. Does that have to be the high? No, it doesn't have to be the high. It's just a number that we were likely to get to. We'll call it somewhat of a destination. Just like the S&P 500, crude oil is in an uptrend, continues to grind higher. It's creeping higher, has a couple of big up days, then it creeps again. There's nothing wrong with this market. It's in a very, very locked-in uptrend. That will change, but you don't know where and when it's going to change. Don't fall prey to the patient's boogeyman. And that's pretty much everything I intended to and wanted to discuss tonight, so I'm going to give it a wrap here. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My strategic forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is Common Sense Market Analysis.